Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Sam. And a good morning, West Park. Well, I wish I had time this morning to tell you all the details that have led up to this moment, but suffice it to say that it has been an exciting and an emotional journey. Uh, Emotional because we love West Park and we love you all. We've been here 10 years this summer and uh, we've been doing life here for quite some time. Our family literally started here and we love West Park. So the thought of transition has been difficult. But it's also been exciting, right? Because God's mission is exciting. Adventuring with God is exciting. And watching him provide along the way has been amazing. For me, this journey began actually several years ago. It was a random Saturday afternoon. I was sitting at the dining room table and I was reading a book on ministry. And the pastor writing this book got to a place where he said in his own ministry, he realized it was time for something new. And the Lord took that little sentence and just said it to me in that moment. I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that where something that somebody says or something that you saw in a movie or in a book just hits you like it was meant for you. And that was my moment when I heard, when I read that little line. And I began actually just to cry there and and with such a sense that something new was on the horizon. So Jess came home and I'm all, you know, weepy telling her about what's happening. You know, she's wondering what's going on. And in the coming days, I began to, to pray about that. I shared with some very close friends. Uh, we prayed together. And I even went to Pastor Sam and said, you know, here's what's happening in my heart. Um, you know, don't kick me out or anything. And, and he just very graciously, wisely said, I understand, I've been there before. And let's pray together. And let, sometimes these things take time, so let's pray. And, and so we did. And so the last three years for me have been praying and watching and watching and praying, not really knowing what it was, what the the meaning of this nudge was, but feeling that it was very real. And for some time, I really had no sense to the shape that this would take. And and there's even days, you know, where you wonder, did I just eat something weird that Saturday? What was that all about, you know? But last February is when that feeling began to take shape. And that feeling began to have traction when Sam sat down with Jared and I at Einstein's and said, have you guys ever thought about church planning? And that began a whole year of exploration as we uh, met with other church planners and took an assessment, a a year of uh, research as we, we read about the necessity and thinking behind continual church planning a year of conversation as we talk with family and friends and our staff here. And again, just a lot of prayer. And so here at this moment, I can tell you that after a year of weighing this prayerfully, I am convinced that God is opening this door and that we should walk through it. Now, sometime I'd love to sit down with you and tell you more details about that journey. Uh, But this morning, I wanna give you one significant part to that for me. I want to give you one significant reason for me why I am convinced that we need to do this. One of the most significant aspects of church planning that convinced me that we should walk through this door was the strategy behind it. I like strategy, right? So to get my head around this was very helpful. 
Now, when I first thought about church planning, you know, I was always been for church planning and, and global missions that made a lot of sense. But probably like some of you, I wondered how did church planning make sense here in the United States, right? Because we already have so many churches, right? And you may be sitting there thinking the same thing this morning, but we have so many churches. But there were some problems with the way I was thinking. Let me show you how I originally thought about church planning, all right? So I have some crude graphics here. I apologize for my artwork, uh, but let me walk you through this. So you have an area, and this area is filled with people, which are these little grayish white dots here. There's no church. So what do you do? Plant a church, right? And that church begins to have its work and it begins to reach out, reach people, has its effect. Mission complete. That area has been reached and now we can move on. And now we'll find another area with people, no church, we'll plant a church. But there were at least three problems with the way I was thinking about this. I want to walk you through those three problems, okay? Briefly. All right, problem number one is the problem of diminishing outreach of growing churches. Any, as any church grows, it will struggle. Oh, that really gets washed out. Okay, church is in the middle there. All right. As any church grows, it struggles to continue to reach out. As it grows, the reach actually slows down. So that's represented by the, the whiteness starting to fade. And the center gets very strong, and that's good and natural. Any organization, as it gets bigger, the center gets stronger. But the outer reach begins to slow down and weaken. And you see the problem with that is there's still people in this area who have not been reached. So that's the first problem is that no single church, no matter how big it is, can reach every person in an area. Second problem, the problem of population complexity, all right? So originally I had gray dots, but it's not that simple, is it? Any given area is a mix of stories and cultures and people. Uh, one missiologist has remarked that we tend to think of American culture as a pancake, right? That we're all the same wherever you go in the U.S., but in reality, he said, American culture is more like a waffle, right? With little divots of culture and pockets of culture. And you've seen that even as you've watched the primaries over the last couple of months, how different we are state to state. And then if, in Knoxville, you all know that, that North Knoxville is different than South Knoxville. And South Knoxville is different than West Knoxville. And West Knoxville is different than North Knoxville. And even in West Knoxville, you all might have certain thoughts or stereotypes if I mentioned to you the communities of Farragut or Bearden or Carnes or Hardin Valley, right? Each of these is their own little communities with their own little identities. And so again, the point here is that no single church can reach all these different people. Simply can't connect with every different type of person. All right, problem number three is the problem of church decline and population growth. Now that first picture that I showed you in my original thinking was a static image. There's 30 gray dots, one church. But that's not accurate. Every day, or I should say all the time, churches are closing and the population's growing. All the time, churches are closing and the population's growing. Let me give you some numbers. Uh, each year, 3,500 to 4,000 churches close their doors every year. 
In 1900, there were 28 churches for every 10,000 people. In 2004, there are now 11 for every 10,000. So 28 for every 10,000, now 11 for every 10,000. From 1991 to 2004, the number of unchurched adults doubled in the U.S. And just as a side note, people ask, you know, are these numbers accurate? And statisticians say, probably not. Because in America, it's still viewed as a good thing to go to church. So when someone asks you if you go to church, you lie. (laughs) You know, you say, yeah, oh yeah, I go to church. So it's probably actually worse than these stats. So that leaves us with 120 million secular folks in the U.S. What does that mean? That means that the U.S. is the largest mission field in the Western Hemisphere. And that means out of 196 countries in the world, U.S. is the fifth largest mission field in the world. So if you said, I just want to be strategic, I want to use our resources wisely, we're just going to target the top five unreached nations. Well, number five would be the U.S., So then, what do we do with these problems? What do we do with the problem of diminishing outreach? What do we do with the problem of population complexity? What do we do with the problem of churches declining, closing, and even the population growing? What do we do? We plant churches. A city needs all kinds of churches reaching all kinds of people. Different sizes, different shapes, different characteristics. We need all kinds of churches reaching all kinds of people. Let me just quickly walk you back through those three problems and how church planning answers those. So to the first problem, how do we reach unbelievers? Church planning reaches new people very effectively. It reaches unchurched and unbelievers very effectively. Uh, One missiologist Uh, Peter Wagner has famously observed the single most effective evangelistic methodology under heaven is planting new churches. And Ed Stetzer has shown in the studies he's done that on a per capita basis, new churches win more people to Christ than established churches. Now this morning we don't have time to get into why that is, but I just want you to simply note that that's the case. New churches, planting new churches, the practice of planting churches is most effective in reaching unbelievers. And that's not even a a contested point. That is shown in study after study. So if you want to keep reaching unbelievers in our area, plant churches. How about problem number two, the problem of population complexity? How does church planting address that challenge? Well, church planting reaches different people. Very effective in reaching all kinds of different people. Again, studies consistently show that church planning is better at reaching new generations, new residents, and new people groups. Now why? Well, it's not because existing churches don't care or aren't trying. No, existing churches are good and needed and are having an impact. That's not the point. This is not about uh, better or worse. The point is we just need all kinds of churches. That's the point. So West Park has an impact, West Park has a reach, West Park is making converts, but there's so many different peoples, even in this Knoxville area, that we still need more churches. All kinds of churches reaching all kinds of people. Tim Keller has said, one church, no matter how big, will never be able to serve all the needs of such a diverse city. Only a movement of hundreds of churches, small and large, 
can penetrate literally every neighborhood and people group in the city. So when you move to that scale, we want to reach every neighborhood. We want to occupy the streets. We want to reach every people group that we need to plant more churches. Let them infiltrate those areas. And church planting has shown itself again and again to be effective at that. Now how does church planting answer the third problem? The problem of church decline and population growth. Well, this may seem obvious, but you're not gonna be able to disciple more people with less churches. You're not gonna be able to reach a growing population with a shrinking church base. So we must plant churches. Studies show that for a denomination to grow and offset the churches that are closing their doors, a denomination, a group of churches, needs to plant 3% of its body per year. So if there's 100 churches, three churches need to be planted per year to keep up and offset those that are closing their doors. If you then factor in population growth, we need to double the rate of churches being planted right now. We need to plant 7,200 new churches per year. So if you say, Derek, I just want West Park to have an impact in our community, then you want West Park to plant a church. If you say, well, I'm just interested in discipleship, I want more and better disciples, then you want to plant a church. If you say, I just want to see the gospel go out and reach new peoples and penetrate new people groups, then you want to plant a church. If you say, I, I just want to see the next generation get it, then you want to be involved and be a part of and root for church planting. So that's one of the, the significant reasons. There's more. I'm going to pass it back to Sam. Sam's going to talk about why West Park, why now. So thank you.